The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. The moon, yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Welcome to another episode of the Streaking Line Podcast. Once again, my name is Pierce, and I've got my usual podcast crew with me tonight. Caroline, hello. Hey. And Paul, hello. Hello, hello. Hello. We have uh, a, a couple of games to talk about, some wins for uh, the teams that, that we usually discuss. First, the uh, football team, a big uh, senior day win over the uh, Liberty Flames. And uh, we can talk about the basketball team uh, being 2-0 and as well. But let, let's start with football. Uh, better performance against a, a, an inferior opponent, but not an opponent that was much of a cupcake, <laughs> at least to begin with. Um, I think, you know, we've all sort of hashed out uh, what we liked and, and what we didn't like, what went well, and what didn't went well. <laughs> so, <laughs> Your grammar and that, and that. I was kidding. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I mean, it, it was a, a nice game to watch the seniors uh, have to try and, and sort of exert some dominance. Uh, Paul, what were your, you know, takeaways headed into a couple rough road games to end the season? Yeah. Uh, feeling a little good about something maybe uh, compared to after the pit game or, or um, does it really not tell us much? I, I obviously still concerned with, with the run defense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the way they got, they've now been gashed in different ways by two different teams on the ground um, in pit and Liberty that it just two very different styles. You know, Liberty's doing it all from the shotgun pitch, trying to do everything from most everything from, under center and, and more sort of power run game. So um, concerning there, but I did, I did like seeing Rob Snyder kind of start to, to live up to, I'm not going to say the hype, but the, um, the coaches have talked very positively about him for two years now that, that last year it was the season ending injury was they, they all spoke about it. Like it was a, a, a big disappointment for this guy that, you know, most of the rest of us had, had never heard of or certainly thought of as a, a major contributor on defense. Um, and then this year kind of being stuck in, in behind that, the, the linebacking core that was the heart and soul of the defense, mm-hmm. uh, just not getting a chance to, to show, but really coming into his own, you know, 11 tackles, six of them solo um, had the only tackle for loss had the only sack. Um, so I, you know, I, that was nice. And generally, generally have been impressed by guys stepping into those roles, um, starting to see the intentionality of the recruiting, uh, the, the methods that they're showing that they've brought in the guys that can run the system and and run it well. Um, So it's, it's one of those things that I'm, I'm nervous for the next two games, but I am somehow more confident for the next two years, seeing that start to find its way onto the field. 
Yeah, I know what you mean. A lot of the weaknesses, I think, can be pointed to the depth isn't quite there yet, um, you know, with the injuries in particular on the on the DL. But, uh, Caroline, what were, uh, what were your impressions? Yeah, I think everything Paul just said is extremely spot on. And what I also like to continue to see is halftime adjustments that not only mm-hmm. happen, but that work. Um, defensively <laughs> in the first half, there were a lot of issues that I think people were a little bit concerned I mean, concerned is probably a stretch for most people. Uh, If you take out – you don't like to see Perkins with that interception. That gave them one play for a touchdown. Like, you know, if you take that out, then Virginia's offense have been cruising. But you can't just pick and choose which plays you get to keep, and it happens. There you go. Um, But they made adjustments. The defense looked much crisper in the second half, and they made stuff happen. I think – one of the things that I like to continue to see and what this season has shown to me, because it's hard to take a lot from a game like Liberty where mm-hmm. the offense did everything that they needed to. They were cruising when they needed to, when they wanted to. The only time they really punted was late in the third or in the fourth is maybe they got a little bit more safe with their play calling and ran the ball, like whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but these are games that two, three, four, five years ago, Virginia could have lost. Like, yep easily and yeah. and we're talking and like did lose. and did lose <laughs> it's not even just a could lose but did lose so i kind of you know this secured a winning season that's awesome yeah. like these are big things that i think that i don't know how we so quickly and i use we as the royal fan mm-hmm. we um maybe became too took this for granted type thing mm-hmm. <laughs> like this was a big deal not a huge deal where we need to start putting statues up but like let's accept it and acknowledge it for what it is. This was a big step for this team. Bennett clearly agrees. I just think it's a big deal. Like they are going to have a winning record and yeah, you know what they did this year? They beat the teams that they were supposed to be. And they maybe knocked off one or two Miami. If you want to put them in there, depending on what their record, you know, Duke is one that maybe people didn't think that Virginia was going to beat, but they beat the ones they were supposed to. And they picked up a win here and there that maybe was on the fence and they wouldn't have gotten a couple years ago. And sure. that's awesome. I like it. I think that's exactly what we want to see at year three with Bronco Mendenhall. Yeah. And the supposed to wins uh, might still continue. We can get to that maybe in a second. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well. Um, but, but we <laughs> First ever on a podcast, all three contributors vomit. <laughs> <laughs> that's got to be out there somewhere on the internet. Yeah, there's probably a podcast that's nothing but. <laughs> that's, yeah, just vomiting. That's true. We'll, we'll get Look at step away on that. Um, but, you know, I think to, to talk a little more about the Liberty performance, I think you're right, uh, Paul, with the, the biggest concern is the run defense because it's been an issue uh, for, you know, personnel for uh, the depth that isn't there after after injuries to certain linemen. I know Joey Blount, it seems like he's going to come back in the secondary and, and that might help. Uh, he tends to... to uh, hit pretty hard in the box and whatnot but (laughs) yeah yeah well he he does it pretty hard everywhere i guess but anyway um it's something that's that's been a weakness at times in the games that the virginia has lost uh and against an opponent the caliber uh like the caliber of liberty 
you hate to see it continue to be something that, that, that comes up, even even with injuries aside. So uh, we're, we've got Georgia Tech coming up. That's obviously a run-oriented offense in a totally different way. But nonetheless, you, you, the things you need to do well to stop Pitt from running ball, you need to do well to stop Georgia Tech from running the ball. And, and initially, they weren't doing those things well uh, against Liberty. I mean, they let the... They, 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 I, I just keep going back to personnel. The kid that ran all over them from Liberty is nobody. I mean, you give them credit, like have a day, but they made them look like Paul Perkins. <laughs> you know, they they made they like uh, they 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 made them look like a an all conference like one cut and just blast stuck through everybody, uh, and that was more UVA's fault. Mainly on a few plays here and there. I'm not again. We're being nitpicky, or I'm being nitpicky, after a pretty convincing win. Uh, but the competition ramps up. Let's let's give it our three stars before we talk about the next couple games. Uh, Caroline, why don't you? Yes. Okay. So mine has to go to Joe Reed. <laughs> nice. Uh, I thought he was just fantastic the whole day. Um, I think I well I don't remember exactly so I'm just gonna pick what I said that he was gonna return a kickoff for a touchdown this year so I got that right I'm pretty sure I said multiple but I'll just take the one when we have it Um, but also two touchdown receptions on the day Um, each return that he had was increasingly better so it was just kind of like seeing those things you kind of felt like this return was Mm -hmm. coming but it was just, he set up the offense all day for good field position. And it was just huge in this game, especially like when Liberty would respond and they'd get on the board to give Bryce Perkins a short field and give the Virginia offense um, some breathing room and then to, you know, come out and open the second half with that kickoff return. Like you legitimately can't ask for them to do anything more than that. So Joe Reed, sure. that's my star of the week. He was fantastic. And I think he even had a couple tackles on the special teams. <laughs> he did. Yeah. All right. Uh, Paul. Uh, I'm going to go with Lester Coleman. Uh, finally. I feel like, it, I feel like it's been a down year for Lester that after he really, really showed out last year, earning the, the all ACC selection there, it, it had been at least, up and down, not as not as consistent and not as as impressive in spots as, as we'd seen last year. But this game, a, a big part of Virginia winning the field position battle was Coleman dropping two punts, two of his three punts inside the twenty, and the third went for forty five yards. I mean, that's that's what you're looking for out of a punter. Um, sure. And uh, I'm I'm still waiting on my Lester Coleman pain train. Caroline has gotten her preseason prediction to come true. <laughs> I need Lester to lay the lumber on somebody. Um, and I need it to happen soon. We've only got two games left, Lester. So get get it together. And I'd be okay, I guess, against Tech as long as it's not like – well, I guess Tech is both of them. But as long as it's not – see, my fear with your prediction coming true is that if he's laying the pain train on someone, then they've gotten through the rest of the defense or, like, the, re- like, specialists. No, I'm going so fake. I'm- <laughs> going fake. Lester oh, okay. and just <laughs> obliterate some third string defensive back. I'm for that. Also, I think to your point where he has had a little bit of a more quiet year, I think also shows that the offense has been much better this season. And so Correct. he is, he is no, right. Blocking. He has not yeah. been forced to be our best offensive player. Yeah. Which is a nice, <laughs> <laughs> which is a nice touch. 
those were the days. Uh, well, uh, okay, I am splitting my star and giving it to two seniors on senior day. Um, <laughs> Because I, I can't I'll do what uh, I want. I'm the it's my fucking <laughs> podcast. So uh, <laughs> Juan Thornhill and Jordan Ellis, uh, two seniors, last game at Scott Stadium, both real, just uh, classic them performance. I mean, this this was Juan's uh, tackle high ever was this game. Hmm. So 13 tackles um, is pretty ridiculous. Five solo, uh, a pick on the day as well. And Jordan Ellis eclipsed the 100-yard mark uh, at 106 and, of course, had a touchdown uh, to boot. I mean, just, you know, obviously the the defensive backs showed up in catching balls that I'm pretty sure I would have brought down at least one of those three ducks. I mean, those were, those were some terrible passes. And again, this is nothing against the defensive backs. You just make sure you take advantage of those opportunities that, I mean, those throws that Liberty QB were staggeringly bad. I thought just telegraph, you know, and maybe it's because I believe in our secondary, but at least two of them, as soon as he let go of it, I was like, Oh, that's ours. Yeah, and I, know, I was like, like, if that's inbounds, that like, that's ball is, yeah, right. That's like, it's, it is either going to be picked off by Virginia or it's going to hit the tuba. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know? <laughs> there was also one where two of our guys were in such good coverage that they like prevented each other from intercepting yeah. the ball. There should have been a third one, and luckily, yeah, that's true. End, like, I don't think that ended in anything too dramatic, but. Um, yeah, I thought, yeah, he was throwing some ducks out there, but you know, the guys made the plays yeah, they you, needed you to do. The plays you take advantage of yeah. it, and uh, Ellis caught two passes, uh, in addition to uh, running for over 100 yards. Uh, so maybe, like we were saying in an earlier podcast, uh, telegraphing what's going to happen based on Ellis being in the field, maybe they were listening, and so they decided to mix it up a little bit. But you know, obviously, a strong day for two guys who've been here. Uh, through the entirety of Broncos tenure and and seeing the team get to a more successful a more a more established uh, brand of football it's just been cool to see and, and they certainly would have done it without uh, the play of Ellis and Thornhill on both sides so hopefully they continue uh, that for the rest of their their final year here uh, but it's going to be on the road starting this weekend against Georgia Tech uh, team Broncos had some success against, uh, despite, uh, you know, everyone says, well, they're hard to play because you you only get so much time to prepare for that type of offense. But uh, Bronco knows how to do it, apparently. Uh, this is a pretty good Georgia Tech team, though. I mean, they, they started the season pretty rough, right? And uh, now they're, they're not really – they're not in contention anymore for the Coastal, but uh, certainly they, they are not one of the bottom dwellers in the division by has Pitt locked that up no, no. It, UVA no. can still technically win the coastal there's a five percent chance it's 95 percent according to uh ESPN's Andrew Adelson's latest tweet math it's 95 percent Pitt, Pitt has to lose out and Virginia has to win out yes so with a games. with a Virginia loss it's Pitt's and if Pitt wins it's Pitt's <laughs> yeah that's what i just said so yeah, um, just to make it clear there's <laughs> another way of looking at it i don't know well, i wasn't really paying attention so i appreciate yeah it. i could I see paul's know. eyes glazing over <laughs> your thing look i'm uh, opening the stat profiles i have more important things <laughs> yeah. 
Georgia Tech has won uh, five of their last six. They trounced the Hokies. So Georgia Tech has two of my favorite wins of the season. Like their 66-point demolishing of Louisville <laughs> is still one of my favorite right. games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And them obliterating Bud Foster's defense and embarrassing the Hokies is one of my favorites. I do think actually the Pitt-Virginia Tech game from last week has one of my favorite non-Virginia plays of the season which is when Olsen stiff armed some yeah. that guy into the afterlife and then <laughs> that led to his like the other Virginia Tech guy running into the guy that he just stiff armed into oblivion and falling therefore clearing the rest of the way for the touchdown it was like the I sat there with my mouth like touching my chin just like oh my chin touching my chest there you go being like oh shit that just happened uh yeah and 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 he front flips into the end zone right yeah and he he was like give me the flag (laughs) kevin parks move um anyway georgia tech uh you know a hot team ish uh recently uh third in the coastal and presents an issue for virginia but uh, you know i'll be curious to see how how uva comes out looking uh it's not exactly like the power running, you know, that, that we saw against Pitt or against uh, Indiana or even Liberty uh, to begin with, uh, but it's certainly a tall order. Uh, Paul, are you feeling optimistic at all about the Virginia defense? I have reached this odd Zen like peaceful state with this game that I am obviously thrilled if Virginia wins. Mm-hmm. I am not really expecting that. It, it mm-hmm. like it's 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 it is really weird. Like they, they've achieved what I hoped for, for from the, from the season, for the most part, like there are seven wins. They're guaranteed a winning season. There is that one other thing I still want them to do later. Um, But this game kind of doesn't affect whether I consider the season a success or a failure. Yeah, absolutely. I don't have a whole lot. Um, And I just, it's, you know, I, I I can see all of the reasons Virginia could win. I can see all of the reasons catching up with, you know, injuries catching up with Virginia, depth catching up with Virginia that they won't win. And I think I'm I'm obviously I'm going to be incredibly stressed during the game once the game actually starts. But for right now, I'm I'm looking ahead to it going, okay, let's, let's play the game. Let's see what happens. And there's just, I don't have a whole bunch of emotional energy riding on it. hundred percent. Could not have said it better. I am like, you know what? This game is a thing that's happening and there are multiple outcomes that could take place. And my thoughts are that Georgia Tech is going to comfortably lead the whole game. And that's just going to be, and it's going to be a slow grind of just clock and short yard or like consistent yard pickup on the ground. I think they maybe throw the ball three times and that's like, getting crazy um i just think that it and it's not i don't mean this at all as like a knock to what the team has done or the defense has done but just at this point in the season i think it's going to catch up to him with if mandy alonzo is still in and we knew for sure what joey Blunt's status was going to be and jordan mack if yeah, i think he's back still I, it's someone that's like i can't even really keep track this week of like who's healthy who's not so yeah. i i just think it's going to be probably something like 31 13 and not even really feel that close. I don't think it's going to be that bad. No? No. Their defense isn't very good. Their defense sucks. I mean, so, that's like just that's straight true. up. And is, it is bad 
in ways that Virginia can take advantage of, that they are a defense that gives up a very high success rate, but not a very high explosiveness. Yeah. And Virginia's offense is, is consistent, but not very explosive. And that's, I mean, it's to, if the game plan going into Georgia tech for any team is be consistent on offense, control the ball on offense, keep their offense off the field. That's, how Virginia sets up against their defense is it's not an offense that relies on the big play very much. It's a get, you know, four yards, eight yards, five yards, seven yards kind of offense. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to have a chance to do that against. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Virginia is like 125th, 126th in pace. Um, and too high. It's too high. <laughs> I know. I know. Tony Bennett is, is just shaking his head. Um, so it's, yeah. yeah. I, it, I, again, it's one of those I, I see – I can both see and articulate all of the reasons that Virginia can win this game, looking yeah. at the numbers, looking at the stats. And, I, you know, that's the, there's the depth concern. That's the single biggest thing that I think is going to decide whether Virginia stays in it or or whether it becomes a 20-point blowout. My, yeah. I guess, like, when I think about where it could end up in a situation, like I just said, like, you know, 28-13, 31-13, is something like um, – if the offense has any of the issues that they had maybe against Pitt or, well, it's not supposed to rain. So that's good. Um, or Indiana. Oh, it's not supposed to rain. So that's good. Um, if they falter or like stutter at all and have to give it back to Georgia tech and they just take more time off the clock, that's where I get a little bit. The red zone percentages, although they were much better against Liberty. Um, if we settle for field goals, like if we get, you know, to the, 18 yard line and settle for a field goal i just think it's gonna be a long day but everything that you just said i 100 percent agree with like (laughs) it could be that the offense is just cooking and they get just enough so i don't know who knows but i'm i'm with you i'm super kind of like i'm relaxed until about 325 and then i'll be like if we lose this game i'm flipping this table over so well now that we've covered um your emotional (laughs) states (laughs) A little more about the football. Um, I, I think one thing that has been concerning in the weakness UVA shown um, defending the run is is in those times it hasn't always been the other team's offensive line dominating. Um, that's happened, and certainly that's that's going to happen against you know good teams, good players. But there have been a lot of plays, I, I feel, and this is all anecdotal, but I feel like I've seen a lot of UVA guys take wrong angles coming in from the second level. And that's led to some of these big runs. Uh, and that's sort of standard. In, in general, that's how big runs happen. But it, it, hasn't, it hasn't always been like, well, they were in the right place. They just got outplayed. You know, the guy had a great stiff arm on him and they just couldn't make the tackle or whatever it is. It's been like, oh, the safety was not where he should have been. Yeah. And that is a huge issue against the triple option, right? Right. I, I, look, I, that's the, the, the performance against Pitt that as soon as that there was that quick succession of, of all three sort of major contributors on defense going down, mm-hmm. um, it was exactly what you're talking about. It wasn't that the defensive line was getting blown five yards off the ball. It's just that one guy didn't hit their run gap correctly. And it left a three yard wide lane that went for, you know, 90 yards. Um, so I, 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 don't know, I, I think the ability to play 
together a little bit during that if there is any upside to the injuries it's that the guys behind them have gotten playing time and the coaches will have tape to be able to correct it that they'll have a better yeah. understanding of their run fits um Oh yeah, but it's it's the it, the Georgia Tech offense is designed that you have to play every play, every player one hundred percent correctly, or you're going to give up twenty yards at least. It's terrifying. <laughs> well, uh, we'll see. Um, anybody picking a W? It doesn't sound like it. No. Sure. Why the hell not? Hey. Oh, oh, all this. Wow, Paul, you're this, such this, a homer is, all the time. This is the thing that I am, I am, why I am certainly overthinking this. Um, but I was talking to uh, Will a bit uh, or this week about especially the depth on the defensive line. And it's the one way that it might not be a bad thing is if it forces Virginia into more two, four, five uh, kind of sets. Mm-hmm. Fewer defensive linemen against Georgia Tech is generally the way to beat them. That three, four defenses do much better than four, three defenses because all their offensive linemen do is cut. And the more you guys have a yard or two off the ball, the less that cut blocking can screw up your defensive assignments. Gotcha. Um, so it remains to be seen whether, you know, three is greater than four. That's been kind of proven against Georgia Tech. It remains <laughs> to be seen whether two is greater than three. Um, so it's, and, and I mean, the guys up front are going to have, they're going to have whoever's in the game, however many of them there are, they're going to have to play really well and shut down the dive to let the linebackers and, and defensive backs handle things on the edges. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so, yeah, sure. I'll stay. I'll call I don't know, 26, 22, some weird score and Virginia wins. Okay. Um, you know, I guess it, it, in ways when we say it doesn't matter, it's always nice for get to the the next level bowl. Um, and it's certainly nice uh, to be able to brag about uh, as many wins as possible and uh, knock on wood, they went out and then you're saying we had a 10 win season in year three. You know, if they, if they happen to be Georgia tech and they're going to be favored against the Hokies and then, and then maybe you go, you know, whoever you get in a bowl or whatever, Maybe it works out. <laughs> Maybe we win a bowl game in my lifetime again. Uh, I'm just saying, like, it's still a divisional opponent. It's still this is still a pretty massive opportunity, um, even if Pitt wins and, and the Coastal is wrapped up for the Panthers. But it's he, honestly, in my my like, I get the people that are saying like the best thing that can happen is playing in the championship game and whatever. I still think like. The scenario in which we tie for first place with Pitt and they go get their asses kicked by Clemson. Yeah, hundred And we get an extra week of rest, but still 100%. can say we finished tied for first in the like you just lost the tiebreaker. Yeah. Like that to me, I'm like, that's to me win win win. Like cool. I think we'd all be happy with that. <laughs> um it, it is objectively not as good as playing in the sure, 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 sure. The first time, but I totally relative to where our right. team is right now. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that this would be the best. But I'm with you. It's it's they absolutely could win out and that makes me want to barf at all times. So you know well, I have, I have no well. they probably I have won't no interest don't in worry being, about it. <laughs> I have no interest in Virginia being the Alderon to Clemson's Death Star. Like no thank you. <laughs> yeah. this, this this team's never been in the conference title game. Like playing okay. in it no matter what is cool, is, let's get them next let year. Clemson go to the SEC and then we'll play I don't know, Louisville in the title game when Jeff No, 
there. Well, do you think the other historic upsets felt that way uh, before they happened? Uh, I don't think so. The underdog teams, they want to... I, I'm guessing I, I can't be name any. I can't these. name any. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. I feel like Villanova had one a long time ago, but anyway. Maybe um, OD. We could ask OD. Speaking of which, uh, <laughs> let's talk a little basketball. Basketball. Uh, uh, d- d- definitive victories for the basketball <laughs> team. Uh, most recent, which was against George Washington, who is not good at all, um, and they made them look very bad. Uh, I think the most amusing point of the game was probably uh, Tony getting frustrated at his third string lineup uh, and putting uh, the the starters back in in a blowout to send a message to the third string that they weren't doing good enough, which someone, I apologies if it was either of you, I saw someone refer to it as the reverse Roy Williams uh, pulling all the starters when they're <laughs> up and putting in the walk. That's hysterical. Um, I, 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 maybe it was Will, whoever it was. It was a, an apt. Uh, at the time, it was funny, and then to see that comment later is like that's exactly right. They, you know, you're you're sending a message to Cody Statman that that shit isn't going to cut it, <laughs> and we will and we will risk playing Kyle for another ten minutes if you're going to play oh, like man. that out there. Up the best 30. part about some of these early season games and going up so high and like winning and or like winning like that is that there are still there was still a bunch of stuff from that second half that we need to take away and fix, and they know that. Like you know, they, they talked about after the game about how like coach wasn't happy with our yeah. defense in the second half, and and you could tell they weren't happy with their defense in the second. You know, so yeah. at no point was I like, oh shit. This is this isn't you know, but when you hold them to seventeen and then allow forty in the second half, like that's that there was some stuff that they need to fix. But all in all, um, actually, I've been very impressed offensively. Yeah, I think it's definitely been more fluid, or or seems that way. Um, I think it looks good that they don't look like they're deferring to hunter mm-hmm. uh, or how it used to be differing to kyle or kyle and ty or you know it's yeah. everybody's sort of picking their moments in in a balanced way which is obviously what what we want yeah. um they, they're definitely think, they look the most capable of yeah, yeah like everyone looks comfortable to shit even jack took five shots and i didn't hate did he make any of them he made one (laughs) (laughs) um that isn't here but (laughs) yeah no i and i get like why people you know you don't want him to go one for five every game i did like the looks that he was taking i Mm. would like for him not to short arm them into the front (laughs) iron um but there's ones there's plays that are happening from all sorts of players but um specifically since I brought up Jack and we're talking about Jack real quick that he would have taken out and passed around or done other things and has shown more. I mean, that's all people have wanted, right. For the first, for the most part, but then they just talk about like, just take more shots, at least appear to be a threat. Like, and he's doing that now. So now is the time to try it. <laughs> now is the time to learn if this is actually what's going to be happening. Um, in the end of his final year <laughs> or at the beginning sorry i mean the beginning of the season and these why are people act like the big men come in and are superstars for all four years or that this was even supposed to be the role jack salt was in because hello remember austin nichols cool 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 um but whatever that's just a whole i don't think anybody's asked 
any of the big men to be superstars just um, because you're upset with them not being JF. I have asked J- yeah, J-Hoff, okay. J-Hoff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's people already the giving exception. up on Mamani that I've seen in the comments where it's like it's clearly not going to happen for this guy if it hasn't happened now I'm like the start of the third year in the Virginia program is not the time to give up on a big man that's when you embrace the big man and say like this is going to be when you're going to do awesome um Especially one that has. Especially one that has. I think that's a new shirt we need. Embrace the big man. (laughs) Whatever. I think you guys get what I'm saying, and I understand why people don't like Jack or whatever. But with Mamadi and Jay, Jay needs to show more defensively. Like, I'm sorry, because it's not just like, oh, he's not quite fitting in, and we're giving up a little bit. Like, we gave up a lot when he came in in that first stretch of the first game. It has gotten better. And he's gotten more comfortable. It was much better against GW. It was much better against GW. Um, but people saying that like Mommy doesn't have it or whatever, it's that's not going to be. Well, I mean, Mommy would be one. One question I would ask is: it it is sort of silly to talk about trends after just two games, and and particularly and oh. how Bennett does tinker. Uh, yeah. you know, we've always known that um, early on he tries different lineups, tries different strategies, sees how things go. But if you were going to point at something that looks like a concern, it is Mamadi and company, but mainly Mamadi's foul trouble. And yes, that, that is, is you know, that, he yeah. is that energetic, all over the place kind mm-hmm. of player. And sometimes that's beneficial, but often it's reckless. And so far, we haven't seen that uh, adjustment in his third year uh, to, to play a little more even keeled. It's only two games, you know, maybe yeah. it doesn't yeah. draw a foul for the next, however many, obviously. So, um, so I'm not like, yeah, small, small sample size, but yeah. for the moment he is c- committing more than seven fouls per 40 minutes. Yeah, and, and they don't—they don't, <laughs> don't have the the front court depth uh, for that to to be a feasible way to you know to, to be successful. Uh, like they can't afford that. So, you know, that's literally of other than Kyle's not shooting so well yet, uh, which isn't a concern. It's just you know how statistics go. I think uh, that that's my only thing to to be I don't know wary of in, in the next few games of course the next few games uh, we've got Coppin State Friday night um, but then then they go play in the Bahamas at 11 30 in the evening uh, you know like <laughs> these tournaments I like I like watching basketball with my family uh, over the holiday that's the only good thing that come out of these things i'm sure the dudes love going to these locations when they're in the bahamas or whatever but i yeah, just guys really loved corpus i heard corpus well, that's why when it is the bahamas or, or something, <laughs> you know i'm sure that i'm sure yeah. the folks in maui enjoy the yeah maui trips. No, for sure but the tournaments are just so weird um, I, I guess it's an excuse to get out there and play some more unfamiliar competition. Yeah. And every once in a while it gives us good marquee matchups, but I just don't think there's a lot to take away from how a team performs uh, in a, a, a casino ballroom, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or, or a high school gymnasium or, you know, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think from a, a, a basketball team standpoint that there's a lot of benefit to them. But there's, who, I think there's the benefit of like you get a couple games against new or different 
better, hopefully, competition that come, mm-hmm. you know, they play clo- closer together. It's just kind of a taste of, like, the, the coaches like them as, like, oh, it's a good litmus test for where we're at because it's a better – it's a step up from the, no offense, Coppin States of the world um, who just lost by, like, 20 to Navy and um, go Navy beat Army, but Navy's basketball team is not uh, particularly – when you've got a height restriction of like six, that's like... it's true. That is 100% true. But yeah, I think that like, I'm with you. I love watching them and I'm glad they're all on, <laughs> but mm. outside of a few, you know, I want to see Duke Gonzaga, like see that kind of yeah. thing. But outside of those couple fun ones, like there's not going to be anything like super crazy with them. I think there could, just... I could see there being some benefit of get outside your comfort zone. Like, yeah. Okay. There's no, like, you're not going to play the NCAA tournament in a, in a casino ballroom. <laughs> But you are going to be on the road in a weird location that you've probably, you know, it's not like, it's not like an ACC road game or even like a trip to Morgantown or something like that. That's, that it's a hostile crowd. Like there can be, I would speaking from my years of experience as a division one basketball player, like I (laughs) I can imagine it would be strange to play in front of a neutral crowd that kind of doesn't give a shit about your game. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, some of those opening site opening round, um, locations can be that way if you've you know depending on where you are so like you know for a team like virginia that's going to have a fan base that travels and it had in the last few years has not had to travel too far from home for its postseason appearances um maybe it's it's not as, but if you're in that kind of like you're going to be an eight nine seed in the tournament you've got to you know you're going to have to travel to the other side of the country and play in front of a three quarters empty professional arena um, I think there could be some benefit of like, okay, we gotta we gotta figure out how to do this. Yeah. Um, I think the it's games just do suck. I mean, largely just you know for the sake of putting something semi interesting out there uh, before bowl season. You know? I will say, seeing the um, Wisconsin Xavier game the other night, that matchup if we do play Wisconsin looks a little more interesting. And by interesting, I mean no one outside of the Virginia or. <laughs> Wisconsin fan bases will be remotely interested in watching it. Of course. But um, that would be a fantastic this time of the season test Mm -hmm. to see like where they're at, specifically the big men, because Ethan Happ looked great. Um, Has he developed any moves whatsoever? Yeah, (laughs) like a little bit. (laughs) I still think Jack could check him, but he definitely was doing more. There's a few things that he's really good at. And he does those things well. <laughs> There's some things that you're not good at, like free throws that he can oh, really? do yeah. well. Um, uh, but yeah. Let's talk a little bit uh, before we wrap up about initial impressions in the ACC. I think to most people that means Duke for obvious reasons. They get, what, 98% of uh, the media coverage, it seems like. Did you know uh, Zion can dunk? Have you heard he that? sure can. <laughs> those, those, I mean, yeah, it's the difference between classic. what he can do at 285 pounds and what I could do at 285 <laughs> pounds is just a very upsetting. <laughs> he is something, and and so is Barrett. Um, I mean, Duke Duke looks good. I would say it's hard to tell early on, but you know, I like I like Zion's potential more than I like. Um, say Marvin Bagley's potential to take over a game. Um, so we'll see. We played, we played Duke twice this year, I believe. Of course we do. Yay. They have three top five NBA draft picks. We played them twice. No, I'm just kidding. I think most people are, 
when you watch the yeah. first game, you're like, oh my God, they're going to destroy everyone. But then Kentucky showed that they are actually not very good. So it's kind of like, oh, we're going to do that. And they struggled a little bit with Army. Maybe Coach K was sandbagging because it was his, you know, <laughs> his alma mater. But they are, you know, watching them play Eastern Michigan will do absolutely nothing for you trying to figure out what happens when they play yeah. another team. Like, those poor kids for Eastern Michigan. One of the guys was surrender, surrender cobraing before Zion even dunked it like, <laughs> on the court. He's like, Oh no. Like, but I think UNC has shown that they've got a little bit of pizzazz out there. Um, Syracuse. I'm actually, I'm really interested to watch them play tonight against UConn. Not that UConn's great, but um, I just can't, they struggled with Moorhead state for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, they these, might be yeah. similar to us with like really strong defense, but sometimes they might struggle to find a basket. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's seven teams ranked in the ACC. It's going to be no joke. Except Josh Passner broke the conference when they lost the. I was uh, I was wrong about Notre Dame potentially being uh, okay. <laughs> They'll figure it out. They'll yeah, no, Mike Bray's a good coach, obviously, yeah. but I don't think they're going to be okay. I think they're going to be pretty bad. Uh, but I mean, Clemson yeah, has looked really... sharp. Um, well, they, 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 Clemson was in a tight one last night. Uh, they pulled away, though. They I pulled mean. away. Sam Houston yeah. State hung with them for a little while with three pointers. Yeah. Um, Boston College losing by Rough. 20. Or was it? Was it by 20? That was a closer one to Uwe Pooey, though. Like, that's cool. <laughs> that's rough. That one's real, real tough. But I think um, I do want to point out, like, going back to Virginia real quick, mm-hmm. Ty Jerome's start has been, like, really good, y'all. <laughs> like, <laughs> He's number three in, in Ken Palm's yeah. like, rating. And that's, a, like, he's ahead of um Zion and the like it's he's shooting really really well um he's 10 for 14 on three pointers um and he's just kind of like doing it all he's got good shooting percentage he's got good assist numbers he's not turning the ball over that much he's got he I think he had four steals against GW um he's locked in right now and it was good to see Kyle start making some shots against GW. So that was nice. I mean, I can't remember the last time we had two guys hit 20 points in the same game. But yeah. We'll get Sapoy on that one uh, and let you know uh, next week, dear listeners. Uh, but yeah, who's play Saturday afternoon uh, on the footballs and on the basketballs uh, Friday night. So uh, stay tuned uh, to the blog for more info on that. But I'll wrap things up for uh, Caroline and Paul and I'm Pierce. Uh, go hoops. Up to 
70% off. That's right, at Court Furniture Clearance Center. Get up to 70% off new retail prices and choose from a wide variety of previously leased furniture and decor for your home or office. Sofas from $199.99, bedroom sets from $399.99, dining sets from $299.99, and more. All items are Court certified, guaranteed, and in stock, ready for delivery or to take home today. Make the smart choice and visit one of our five locations in the DMV or go online at courtclearancefurniture.com. Mention Radio 20 and get 20% off.